Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about what's weighing on our minds. I'm Michael, and I today today I am your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I am Don. I am a chubby guy living here in Hollywood, and today I am your twink boy. Why not? <laughs> I'm a twink. <laughs> on the radio, I can be anything. Yeah, it's true. Uh, my name is Dan Oliverio. I'm a chubby chaser, author, and stuff like that. God, I don't know. I get <laughs> I get sir a lot. You're a furry. You're a furry. I guess he's, he's a master. Yeah, you're t- no, he's uh, a furry. Master. No, I'm not a furry. <laughs> Please, <laughs> nothing against furries, but that's so not me. I'm Trevor. I'm a super chub, and I'm um, uh, a talking skull that you find in your grandmother's attic after she dies. Oh, that one. Yeah, I remember I, it. I've been outdone. <laughs> Why did I'm trying to figure out what that's going to look like on X Tube? Like that's interesting. See, I thought you were going for the whole skull. Fu- no, never mind. I we're moving on. There's so many so, places to penetrate. <laughs> oh God, take two. Wow. Um. So we have a uh, a a bit of a. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm still lost in the skull thing. Like I'm trying to like reorient my brain because it was so far out of like pull out, pull out. All right, Trevor, you get the five bucks. You were the first yeah. one to break Michael today. Dang it. Um, so we have uh, something kind of interesting in the world of uh, movies. Uh, there's a a new movie coming out, and Dan, did you want to tell us a little bit more of that? Yeah, it's called Sumo, uh, mm. and it's a coming of age comedy set in the world of amateur sumo wrestling. And what makes it a little more notable because it's not like it's it's not like there's never been a sumo wrestling movie. There's there's one that came out, I think, in Thailand. And, uh, but this is by the executive uh, who produced Veep, uh, hmm. Armando Yanucci, And it's directed by Natalie Bailey. And those two have worked together. Oh, cool. And so it could be kind of interesting. Um, it's about this fat kid who gets, I think he gets bullied at school. And he finds a, uh, a Japanese-American teacher who begins to train him in sumo. Oh. But it's like Karate Kid, it's a, but sumo. It's a woman, which yes. I love, because yeah. um, there was the documentary Little Miss Sumo, but mm-hmm. I've, like, so, you know, I, in, as I, in, I mentioned in my New York Times article, I did sumo in L.A. for a little while, and I was so surprised that, like, no one's done anything about female sumo wrestling. Mm. So I like that they're incorporating that into the story, because it is a big part, especially in U.S. sumo, because in Japan, like, their female wrestlers aren't allowed to participate in mainstream sumo wrestling. Oh. Um, and I don't really know exactly what it's like in the other countries, because I know the the U.S. Uh, sumo Open does have women's wrestling. Um, there aren't many wrestlers, but it is one of the few places that they're allowed to participate. The only thing that scares me is comedy plus fat can well, often they, go very poorly. The article did state, it, it made a point to address the fact that they are looking for a message of body positivity mm-hmm. and they're del- they're treating it, they specifically use the word delicately. So I think they are going in at least with the intention of handling it appropriately. Yeah. Um, whether or not they do that is sort of up to whenever the, whenever the movie comes out. But I think they are going in with the right attitude. Yeah, and if if the trainer, if the sumo trainer is a woman, if the director is a woman, I, I, think, yeah. I think we got a shot at this. They'll have a little bit of sensitivity yeah. about it. So Once yeah. I saw it was a female director, I was like, okay, this, there's hope for that this will not turn into like fat, just fat joke, fat joke, fat joke. Yeah. Well, because they do cite um, a few different coming of age comedies as influences or like it'll be like, and one of them was super bad and with that kind of gave me a pause for a second, but I think it'll, I think it'll come out better than that. And the female aspect, going back to that, the female aspect of it's very interesting to me too. Yeah. Because if you're talking about uh, like body positivity issues, I think, you know, men have one set of issues, women 
have a lot of overlap, but they're seen as being very separate. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. oh, very. And good. I took very I separate. took a sumo at UCLA. Oh, okay. Where uh, they had the world, no, it was the U.S. middleweight women women's champion uh, that I got to practice with, and the U.S. Uh, silver lightweight champion and both of those women were maybe a quarter of my size maybe oh. a third and could just throw me around the ring it was amazing mm-hmm. wow like there's there is a skill to it you know so i so the interesting thing for me about sumo is that i, I was thinking about what would what would i have done if i were a 10 year old kid and this movie had come out and it was actually taken seriously and something that could have been like that I could have looked at and like mm. actually appreciated um, as a kid, because that's, that's going to be their primary audience. I would assume is like teenagers and, and families. So I think it's just really interesting. The idea that there's movies like this that are coming out and kind of like Dumplin' as well. But this yeah. I think has like a higher pedigree just as far as like being featured in what was it? Variety. Or yeah. Yeah. Or Hollywood so, reporter. Yeah. And, and so, like, there's clear, and, of course, the creators of Veep are, are huge. Yeah, Inuch so. is enormous. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just, I think it's going to be, I'm really excited. I, I think I misspoke earlier. It's not It's not imminent yet. It's it's still, I think it's yet to be shot. Still. No, it's, oh, yes, it is. It, but it's been announced, and they've actually said they're shooting in South Africa. But my question was, I mean, to really to the three of you, what would it have meant to you as a kid to have seen a movie like this, where it was like handled seriously. I think that depends on the movie. Imagine this is the movie that you want it to be as an adult. Like what is the perfect version of this movie? And then what would the kid version well, of you? Trevor was really into sumo as a kid anyway. I mean, it's so, I think it would have been like this weird thing that my mom would have had been like, Nope, went up. We're, we're going to try to shift away from this. Cause hmm. my mom is a very great about like me being fat now and me, I mean, now me do it, doing sumo, when I first, Dan and I first went to the tournament, I'm like, oh, they have classes. I think I'm, I'm thinking of doing it. And my mom said to my sister, like, I can't remember the other thing she compared it to, but it was one of the most difficult phone calls she had with me. Oh, I remember oh. this. I, do um, remember I don't this. remember what she compared it to. But I think, I think what you're referring to is there was a sense of embarrassment on your mother's part that you were interested or involved in sumo? Yes, and I think this movie will change that. And I think it might actually ignite the, I mean, cause it does exist around the country, but not as widespread. And I think this will probably change that. I don't know. I, I, I would love that, but I'm just kind of afraid that it's cause you seem to be kind of envisioning the karate kid, like, you know, poor Daniel son can't get a break at school. So he learns karate and now he's a champion. I'm not sure that the kid is going to take that journey. I'm really much more afraid that this is going to be, Oh yeah. Sumo, the sport for loser fat kids. I don't think so. I, what, how I'm picturing it is he learns about himself. And then also I think, I think it will kind of shift focus to the teacher. Mm -hmm. And I think she will kind of have like a redemption arc. And I think she'll participate in the tournament. And I think he might like, I can see him just getting his ass beat, (laughs) but still like proud that he did it. And that maybe. And if, if you're familiar with Iannucci's work, like Veep and uh, Avenue 5 on HBO right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, his stuff is smart. It's it's wrapped in sort of a shiny candy-like veneer of being silly and frothy. But often he's making a much deeper statement that is going to the core of some major issues going on. Yeah, I, I'm know? just like a lot of people. I've just been burned so many times. No, and I, w- I would love to be wrong. Please, please, may I be wrong. That's As fair. a side note, my, I had a very different experience with uh, Sumo when I was... 17 or 18 years old 
uh, they were trying to make a sumo, a sumo movie back then. And there were no large Asian type actors in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So they did a mass cattle call across the country in major cities. Um, and they found you? Well, I went and I auditioned Excellent. because my oh. dad heard about it. Oh, and my dad was like, you got to go try this. Like, this could be <laughs> your big break. And it, it's very interesting that my dad, like my dad was never psyched that I was a fat person, but he was never overtly awful about it the way my mom was. But this, uh, the idea of me acting in a movie about a sport that mm. I was built for mm. was very exciting for him. And, you know, you asked Michael, what would it have been like? I, I think it might have been when I was a kid, I would have completely dismissed it because sumo is a sport. And uh, I, I, am, I, I yeah. was known in high school as the great indoorsman. <laughs> so although Fair I enough. guess I guess you play sumo indoors, I don't know. But I, I think I would have had that prejudice. But, you know, when I got with Trevor and Trevor was very into sumo and then Trevor decided to pursue sumo, I went to the match. Oh, my God. And you're going to say, oh, well, yeah, of course you like fat guys wrestling. No, it's not that. It is just, see, one of the things I like about sumo is it's incredibly simple. There are, there are subtleties, but there are basically two big rules. Don't go outside the circle. Don't fall down. I can keep track of that. Mm-hmm. And a match between two competitors is literally less than 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. If you okay, blink, 30 oh, seconds like would be epic. Minute, it would be long. A yeah. minute-long match is like people are standing and screaming like, oh, my, <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. Exactly. It's, <laughs> and it's not that I have a short attention span, but like, if you want to see just the drama, if you want to get the reel of just the, the, the highlights, that's the match. And I'm curious, did, I can't remember, did the article say when it was supposed to be released? Well, it's, I, it's not shooting till later this year, yeah. so probably so another probably year Probably like a year from now. A year, 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 and a half, year and a half, depending yeah. on how much post they need. Well, cool. Well, if the podcast is still around, then we'll be sure to review it. We'll come back. Okay. So on to... It's Lizzo Watch. Lizzo Watch 2020. I just can't believe you were able to improvise an entire tap number with that. That was really impressive. But so this week at the Brit Awards in London, Lizzo stole the show in a Hershey dress. No. So it would like, the the dress looks like a Hershey wrapper. <laughs> oh my, like a big kiss. Like yeah. she's a big Hershey's kiss. Uh, and then she I had a, a matching uh, Hershey like bejeweled clutch. She oh was posing like God. pretending oh. to take a bite out of it. Lovely. Um, and it's just amazing. That's I mean, just it's, so, it's just so fun. Like yeah. she's just, it's like you said last time, she's just like a beacon of joy. Like mm-hmm. that made me laugh and smile and I love it. Yeah. It's, it's great. So just, that was well, much. and did did we want to throw in here that she just won the um the, is it the NAACP Image Awards oh. for Best Performer of 2019? I didn't. I mean, it would be 2019. 2019. 2019. Well, no, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That thing. That thing he said. Congratulations. Congratulations, Lizzo. Yay. Congratulations, Lizzo. Yay. Um, wait, 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 wait. Is she a chocoholic? Because this could be a problem. <laughs> this do we be... have to worry about Lizzo's chocoholic problem? <laughs> <laughs> and. I want a Hershey's dress. We can make that happen. But you have to put it on during the show. I mean, I could be wearing it right now, and (laughs) the listeners wouldn't know. You look stunning in that Hershey's dress. If you can take pictures of me and post it on social, I can totally take pictures of you. No, you don't have access to social. Well, I have a phone (laughs) and my own. I'll start my own account. I'll start my own (laughs) podcast. The... (laughs) Big Fat Gay Podcast official. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'll get verified and everything. So we do actually have something real to get to. And um, this is something that I don't know nearly as much about. This is going to be probably a lot of me asking questions and Don, I think, as well. Yeah, I'm sort of in the same boat. So Dan, why don't you introduce us to... So a question that I keep 
having when I go and I give seminars or I go to conferences, it is 95, 99% female. Mm -hmm. And it begs the question, where are all the men? Like you'd think there's no fat men. Based on the attendance. Yeah. And then you look at body positivity campaigns and you know, there are some body positivity campaigns with men, but it's overwhelmingly women. Mm -hmm. And then one of the, uh, one of the people that I met at the conference asked a really good question. And her question was, you know, if there's all these chubby chasers and there's all these men married to fat women, why aren't they standing up when fat oppression comes up in the room? Like Mm. when somebody makes a fat joke, where are all the chubby chasers saying, you know, that's not really funny. Right. And so it got me thinking about the question about where are all the men in fat activism. And that's not to say, because there's going to be a whole bunch of men who's like, you know, what about him? What about him? What about him? You know, we just interviewed Dexter, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying there aren't any, certainly, but I'm saying that when we think of fat activism, we usually think of women. And there are good reasons for that. Yeah, I mean, the the roots of fat activism are in feminism and the civil rights movement. Um, And now kind of the, the conversation in fat activism is kind of, looking at intersectionality as part of fat activism. Um, when what, what does intersectionality mean? Intersectionality in is kind of the the crossroads of you are fat, you are black, you are disabled, and how those issues compound. And, you know, it's a different experience for someone who has multiple marginalized identities. Right. Um, that applies across the board. Yeah, yes. and just, it just yeah, put simply that when you ha- when you're a member of a minority group and you experience oppression to be at the intersection of more than one of those is going to make the experience noticeably worse. Yeah. Right. These things compound and the experiences no longer, they cease to be the same, but it's often hard to get people to see that they're not the same. So I kind of want to say first off that, yeah, being a fat man and being a fat woman, just going that far, I don't want to say it's the same at all. As someone pointed out, if you're a fat guy, you might be called a teddy bear. If you're a fat woman, you get hate mail online. Right. So it's a very, very, and not to say that gay guys who are fat don't, like there's a whole lot of that going on. Mm -hmm. But again, that's kind of the intersectionality of being gay and being fat. When I think the, that, so that very difference you were talking about where, you know, fat men are teddy bears, um, fat women are, you know, failing to be women and they're, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, A bunch of dirty names we're not going to say. Yes. Um, And I think that's part of why we don't see a lot of fat men taking part in the conversation because there is this idea that, oh, well, you know, you're just, he's just a big teddy bear or, you know, oh, well, he just has a dad bod or the assumption that being a fat teenager for like, oh, well, you must be on the football team. There's a number of ways that fat men can pass, which fat women are not granted. Well, I mean, let, let me ask this question. Like to me, immediately what comes to mind is this sounds a little bit societal where like in our culture, our government can basically seize the body of a woman and force her to do something. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, you, you, you're going to have a baby. I'm sorry, you're going to have a baby. You don't get a choice in this. Whatever your position may be, functionally, it's somebody else taking control of your body. We have no equivalent of that for men. Our bodies are our own. Yes. And if a woman is societally unattractive, right, if she's, if she's not fulfilling society's desires, like in, in the old-fashioned way of thinking that may have some core thought in the way, we all th- the way our culture thinks, she's not doing her job. Which um, is so unfair. It's no, so it's, yeah, it's exa- yes, it's exactly that. And I think there is, to a more limited extent, this idea that a fat man is not being appropriately masculine. But there's a whole bunch of ways to be fat and masculine, as we talked about in a past episode. 
Well, the, the, and that's getting back to what I just said. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Uh, the sexism of it is a man is more than his body. Yes. In every media type, male characters have more depth, have more story. Women in traditional media are just their looks. They're just their bodies. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that there should be more pressure on women at large to fulfill the one thing society is supposed to value. And yeah. so, and so my question, rather than some sort of history or sociology lesson, my question is as chubby chasers, what are we doing to forward the liberation of the fat people we love? Whether, you know, cause if you're a chubby chaser, it, it kind of, this is, this is really hits home. Mm-hmm. You know, to be, and you, Michael, you mentioned this in a past episode, you know, you bring home the fat boyfriend and somebody says something and like, what do you do about that? How, right. bi- how big a stink are you going to make at the Thanksgiving day table on the hike? Yeah. And, and so that's kind of the question I wanted to presence is, and you know, and if you're a fat man, like a lot of fat men are just trained to roll with it because part of masculinity is that nothing bothers you. You're unflappable. Yeah. You don't cry. You tough it out. And so if somebody says something really horrible, the masculine way of dealing with that is, yeah, I guess so. Or you hit them back mm-hmm. with something that is, you know, about them. But there's no acknowledgement that maybe that's not okay. So before we get into that, it would help me just sort of learning more about this issue. So you've mentioned just as far as like being at conferences about these things, it's a, it's a primarily female audience. Are there other, are there other areas or other gatherings, other ways that, this is also present? Is it, is it like overwhelmingly online for instance, or articles that get published? Like, is it just everywhere? Yeah. It's mostly female voices or Trevor can probably rattle off titles and, and and activists. But I I would say that if you talk about who is writing books about the fat experience, who is attending conferences on the fat experience, who is standing up and talking about dietitians, you know, it's women. When I would go to these conferences, there'd be sort of like, Oh, you're a fat activist. I'm like, Oh, I guess I am. And it, it made me wonder like, what is your form of activism? Cause you know, you don't have to be marching in a parade to be an activist. Right. And you don't have to be, you know, writing vitriol online to be an activist. I, I think a lot of times being an activist is just sticking up for people who don't have a voice or sticking up for yourself. Yeah. That's a, it, this is a slightly different context, but something that actually made me realize that point, not about fat activism, but about gay rights mm-hmm. was uh, I work, do a lot of work for the Boston gay men's chorus and I was talking to a friend of mine um, about just about social issues and, and just sort of lamenting some things that I was feeling frustrated about and feeling like I wasn't doing enough. And he pointed out like, well, you, you make documentaries for a gay men's chorus traveling around the world. Like, isn't that activism? And I was like, well, I guess. Yeah, it, I think it is. Like, there I, are yeah. other ways to contribute to the cause that aren't, yeah, like you said, like marching in a parade or, or especially going to a for cause, the cause that isn't on the radar yet. Mm-hmm. Basically, by living visibly, your existence becomes an act of activism in mm-hmm. some circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, yeah, I kind of feel that way being a fat gay man in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like there aren't a lot of us. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, and I think also it's so there's a lot of controversy about who's allowed to talk about fat, fat activism. And I think we're just kind of seeing the, the atmosphere around anything right now is complicated and kind of toxic just because everyone is feeling that their reality is being kind of attacked. So we see, or, or that someone else talking about their experience is invalid because it's not as bad as my experience or it's not the same as my experience. And therefore that what you say about your experience is missing my experience. 
And so I should be talking or you shouldn't be talking because yeah. it gets very, it gets, it very divisive. I also think there's a certain degree of, uh, I've been calling it woke fatigue mm. in mm-hmm. my, in my thinking where there's a certain type of person who, who's willing to listen for so long to the problems of other people. And then they just, they're done. Yeah. Like, and I feel like in America, our swing for being kind to other human beings is currently moving to the right where yeah. we're just tired of trying that's why we're at each other's throats constantly. Um, but I think it's important to, I mean, we've talked about this before, about using your privilege and also people having different listenings for different people. Yes. So, and I don't, I'm not saying that that's like, well, you know, no one's going to listen to this person, but I think just the way anything works in the world is people have different learning styles. People have different listening styles. And, you know, I am not going to have the same penetration that Don would in getting through to someone about a certain topic. And I think just that with that, we're all stronger together. Mm-hmm. And what I say a lot is we're not going to get there until we all get there. Oh, get yeah. there. Yeah. We, we don't get there until we all get there. If if it's like, well, we got there, but, you know, who cares about you? Because uh, you don't really have as big a problem. That's not going to work. Yeah. There was a, I don't know if it's uh, Kyvin or Kevin Bay. But Kevin said, uh, fat men, particularly very fat men, still have fat hate to navigate that is worsened by their own intersecting identities, disability, race, being trans, etc. But also, they just exist. It doesn't matter your gender. If you don't fit in the medical equipment like an MRI machine, you don't fit. Right. And I think that's kind of, and that's, you know, Dan was talking about the roles of chubby chasers within fat activism, you know, being an ally for your partners, being an ally for your friends. I think even just, you know, if you are a straight fat man and you don't really know what to do because, you know, you're just kind of fat and you just are like, well, what can I do? And I think it's just speak up when someone makes that joke, say, you know, actually, that's not funny and that's kind of and like maybe give some context for why or stand up for someone, have the conversations that, you know, the little the little voice in your head that you're like, oh, that's. That's not great. Can I ask a question? Yes. And this is something that that has happened to me, and I've wondered whether or not to do anything. So say you're on, let's use a classic example, you're on a plane, right? Mm -hmm. And nearby, um, there's a fat person who's trying to cram into their seat without bothering people around, and they're feeling very uncomfortable. Whether or not, like, let's let's say in this instance, somebody says something. Um, That, to me, is is a pretty clear signal for, for me to speak up and say, something back to whoever the instigator is. Is that I'm fair? going to relate an experience I had in, in response to that. So um, I was flying to Kansas and uh, the flight that I was on had those ridiculously narrow seats, not, not just like small seats, mm-hmm. but the ones were like, if I sit in it, even if I didn't have extra fat around my hip bones, my hip bones would be pushing against the seat. Right. I was trying to get into my seat. It was massively uncomfortable. And I was being made more uncomfortable by the woman next to me who was just looking so unhappy that I existed. And then this other woman across the way from me uh, looks over and she goes, oh, come sit by me. That's It'll exactly be fine. Right. You know, just mm-hmm. like, like uh, we'll put the seat up, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be fine. And uh, to this day, I don't even know if this happened, but I think she gave the other woman a very severe look. So, okay. So that's but leading by example. Yeah, rather yes. than calling out the woman. So that was my que- that was my next question was, you know, if so, there's something obvious that happens, like somebody says something crappy, th- that's one thing. And then my next question was exactly that, which is mm-hmm. if I just notice an uncomfortable situation, am I going to embarrass somebody worse by trying to intervene and help? Or 
should I just say? Yeah, I, like if you see someone running at people with tape measures when they're trying to get into <laughs> yeah, a seat, I mean, like, yeah, um, do not flying tackle them. Like I was going to say, if you see that, karate chop them in the throat. <laughs> um, I, had do a, that. I had a similar experience to Don where I was on Southwest. I had my second seat. Um, someone sat, you know, in the aisle seat and um, a woman tried to sit in the middle seat. And I was like, oh, like, no, sorry, that was, that's my second seat. And she's like, what do you mean that's your second seat? She's like, I want to sit there. And the woman in the aisle seat said, no, you don't get to sit here. That's his second seat. Oh, wow. He paid for that. You need to find, there's plenty of other places you can sit. And that's a really great example. Yeah. And that was, she didn't need to do that. And it was just, it was so great because it's like, I could have handled that myself, but to not have to do that. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she saw I was like kind of like and it's like oh like I don't really want to have to be like well I'm really fat and like Southwest has this policy that she <laughs> jumped in and yeah cut that like just and something like that seems like such a small action for some people mm -hmm. but honestly like I've said before being fat in the United States and probably the world it's not a series of gigantic misjustices being thrust on you it's Chinese water torture mm -hmm. it is that constant drip and when somebody actually makes the effort to catch a drop before it hits me, to me, it means a lot. I can't even express how, how much that can affect me, despite it being virtually nothing to them. And the reason intersectionality is becoming so important as part of this conversation, you know, Don was talking about Chinese water torture. So imagine you have that and then also someone's, you know, jamming bamboo under your fingernails and putting rats <laughs> in your pants. I don't know. Well, I, I was going to say these, this. Yeah, I, I'm agreeing with you, Trevor, but I would say that one of the reasons that really marks why fat is such a feminist issue is that most women do not experience it as Chinese water torture. They experience it as occasional tsunamis. Okay. Hmm. And I think men are much more likely to experience it as drip, 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 drip. Okay, mm -hmm. that's interesting. So my question, like we, we've gotten pretty far into it, and I just want to try and organize this in my head. It sounds like we're kind of talking about two separate but related things. So there's, you know, the the difference between how many female voices are in the conversation and why that is the case versus the male voices in the conversation. And then there's the sort of the, the other side of that for the men, which is uh, chasers speaking up when they don't necessarily have to or people who oh, can for the partners, mm. not just the men, but right or partners. Yeah, yeah the, the thin person. That's not in the conversation. Is that fair? Like there's sort of two yeah, exactly. like prongs to this that are maybe underrepresenting when they should be stepping in more. Uh, let me, let me ask the chasers in the room a question. So when uh, I, I've been attacked by people in the past, you're like being gay is a, being gay is a choice. Mm -hmm. Like the, the immediate reaction I have is one of like, well, why would I choose <laughs> I to have to have this conversation like with you? why are you choosing that? It's yeah. like, why would I? It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but my sense of being a chaser is like, you would actually have to make a choice to step into that argument. Oh, because it doesn't, it doesn't naturally fall. On it you. doesn't naturally fall on That's you. That's correct. It's not something you have to deal with unless you choose to, which is why most yeah. chasers wimp out and don't do it. Right. And, and I get it. I mean, why invite that shitstorm? Why choose to have to have that God awful conversation? Over and and, and over? it also should be said that, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be the white and I mean, white knight. Like you don't want to try to be the savior here. You don't want to try to rob someone of their own voice in yeah. that altercation. On the other hand, 
Like, for example, if that woman in the seat on the aisle had said, you know, it's not his fault he's fat. He's just existing there in his own butt. Like, yeah. that would not have gone well. No. But what she did was she really just made it about policy that had nothing to do with your body. Yes. And that's what worked about that. Mm-hmm. I want to track this woman down now and like <laughs> we give her a medal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's not about taking up the cause as if it were your own. Cause you know, it's not your body and you don't experience that. And there's a, there's a difference there and, and that needs to be honored. But there is something that just, that's about justice and people don't get to shit on other people. Yeah. And I, I just want to say, this is, cause I, this is such a messy conversation oh, it's awful, and it's, it's so awful. like, I, I really hope we're not coming off as mansplaining or trying to take up all the like, well, what about the men? Cause it's so, well, it's, it's not. Yeah. That. I think it's important it's, to, I guess maybe we should have led with this, but we're yeah, getting to we, it well, now. We can put this in like we, the, well, we'll just say it now. Yeah. <laughs> Since you're adding editing to my plate. <laughs> um, no, but it's, it's important. Like we are the big fat gay podcast. We are for gay men mm. and this is going to inherently be from our point of view and, it is incumbent on us to make the effort to say this is just from our point of view and we're trying to understand the various other points of view in front of us to the best of our ability. Some people like Dan and Trevor have a little more experience with it. Don and I have less, but yeah. And, it and there is, are people other than Dan and I who have far more experience and oh, yeah. oh, but, knowledge. Yes. Like I just, I sure, but again, so. I want to, I want to, I guess, I don't know. I guess it's like, are we are we assuming that we're at the top of the conversation? No, I'm not. No, but I'm I'm assuming that people are contextualizing this podcast and this conversation appropriately. If you're not, like, yeah, we're four guys, and Dan probably has the most professional expertise with this. But we're making the effort to do exactly what we're talking about, which is make it a conversation and try and normalize that discussion and make people aware of the issues that we recognize are not just our issues. Dan and I are chasers. We don't have to deal with this ourselves personally, but we do love people who do deal with this. And so it's up to us to try and A, have this conversation on the show when people listen and B, go out in real life and do the same thing. Uh, Yes. And you know what, what I was talking about is like, it's similar, but it's not the same. You know, as a chubby chaser, you get on for liking fat people because fat's bad and that they think. And so if you have that taste, you're bad too. But that's not the same thing as living in a fat body. Right. Mm-hmm. My advice for somebody who is feeling, who, who is sort of maybe, maybe being made aware of this for the first time or ha- hasn't taken any steps yet and maybe wants to or has the desire, just start with raising your own awareness out in life. So maybe, you know, you'd have your headphones on in that plane and you see some, you know, commotion going on down the aisle and you just ignore it. Uh, And maybe that's how it was. But maybe now take another look. And maybe now if you can just adjust your awareness in life, you'll start finding opportunities to do things that you wouldn't otherwise normally do. Just good advice all around, really. Sure. But it, it sometimes, like you were saying, like a, a lot of different voices are, are out there right now saying, well, this is my issue and this is my issue and this is my issue. And you have to make a conscious effort to pick some. Yeah. What and, it comes down to, it's if not, if not you, who? Right. So, you know, I've mentioned NEF before, the National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance. Uh, we were at the 50th anniversary conference this year, and I got to hear Bill Fabre, who was the founder of NEFA, speak Um, and so he was married to a fat woman and basically saw, you know, he tried to buy her, uh, a blouse. He couldn't, he found one single garment in the entire city and, uh, formed NAFA to kind of 
be a resource, a network for fat people. Mm -hmm. Um, But prior to the founding of NAFA, this is considered first wave fat activism. On June 4th, 1967, Stephen Post, who was a a radio personality in New York, organized the first uh, ever fat inn in Central Park. Mm -hmm. And it was over uh, 500 fat people just kind of hanging out in Central Park. Uh, I think there was uh, like some barbecues. They had um, photos of uh, Sophia Loren, <laughs> and uh, where they were burning diet books, uh, <laughs> and it is just such a I don't know cool. I mean, it's the '60s, so it's just completely on par for the '60s. Well, and I, I kind of want to jump in there and think like, there's a lot of people who might be listening to that and think, oh, well, that's kind of silly and pointless. But if I said we're going to have five thousand gay people in the same place, or we're going to have five thousand women on the mall in Washington, mm-hmm. or we're going to have five thousand black people in the streets of Baltimore. Like that makes an impression just existing yeah. and seeing each other exist is huge. Well said. Um, and then, so this is another, uh, this is still first wave uh, fat acceptance, fat activism. In 1967, the same year, a couple months later, uh, Lou Lauderbeck wrote an article called More People Should Be Fat. And it is, it's a beautiful article. Um, and it's still, it's so timely. I'll share it on the website. It's him talking about seeing his, fat wife be discriminated against and kind of just seeing the way fat people are treated and treated and how it and, needs to change and how he himself is discriminated against as a fat man too. Yes. And what's chilling about it is that he's writing this in 1967. You said? Yes. And it could have been written on Facebook yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on part of it is like the horror of like, Oh my God, nothing's changed really. But on the other hand, it gives you that sense of solidarity of like how far back this goes, that this isn't just a bunch of people whining, that this is a, a, a historical injustice. And then, like, as I said, uh, then uh, two years later, Bill Fabry founded NAFA. And there is so, there is so much more, uh, if you're interested in the fat, fat acceptance movement, um, I mean, I, really, I feel silly saying Wikipedia, but the Wikipedia article for the fat acceptance movement is a very nice digestible version that kind of will give you other resources. Um, I also want to plug um, a book by Sabrina Strings, which it's, I think it came out at the end of last year or this year um, called fearing the black body, the racial origins of fat phobia. Mm. Um, I've only seen, I've been able to read a couple excerpts it's on my reading list, but it is fascinating and very good. So my, the tip of the week is kind of actually um uh, I guess a resource we're going to start compiling a reading list of kind of, if you're interested in some of the people we mentioned um, mm. or just kind of the history of fat acceptance or body politics, or even if you just want to look at a, a bunch of resources. So it's like, Oh my God, it's not just me. Yeah. Right. So we're going to have it on the website and it's also like, we'll add to it as time goes on. If we reference something, we'll plop it there. Big fat Yes. And I, I did. We did get a request at some point. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try and. I don't know if you want to do this or I'll try and do this. But I think it, having a resources page, just like a landing page for yeah. people, which might be part of what this is, mm-hmm. that doesn't have to have necessarily every single thing we talk about each show, but like sort of the basics. Yes. And then it can have this reading list. Uh, this this list will actually be through. Um, Amazon has this thing called Idealists. We're actually like I'll start putting. When we mention a product, um, I'll put it there. So like the the loofah from last week. Mm. You know the the sauna. The sauna the pants. Wonder sauna hot Wonder pants. Sauna hot pants. Um, We're still waiting for our pair, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Michael is just, he's pantsless right I've now. I've been, been walking waiting. around <laughs> pants asunder. Um, oh, my. <laughs> 
but since we kind of the flip things, so there is a themed diet bit for the oh. week. Do we have a diet bit? Um, so it's uh, some... I. <laughs> Dan and I would always see these commercials. I don't know what what we were watching. I feel like it was probably on FX that we saw these commercials. I think so, because it's it's the kind of ad you would put in an action movie. Okay. Um, okay. But basically, we always joke like, oh, it's the it's a commercial for toxic man- masculinity pills. Yeah, toxic. Yeah, oh. that, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, Michael's going to pull it up so we can watch it. <laughs> Guys, listen up. No matter your politics, I think we can all agree it's time to make American men great again. What happened to us? Low libido, not as lean, a little pudgy, it's pathetic. It's time we whip ourselves into shape with the help of Test X180 Ignite from Force Factor. And now you can claim a complimentary bottle of this legendary testosterone booster. Just text USA to 696969. Test X180 Ignite is crushing it at Walmart. It contains scientifically studied ingredients to boost total testosterone, plus help you burn fat and build lean muscle in the gym. It may just be exactly... Is this real? Oh, very. Very real. American men great again. Don't we owe it to the good old US of A after all? Unleash your potential with Test X 180 Ignite. Just text USA to 696... This totally seems like an SNL sketch. It's so bizarre. Or the Donald Trump diet. I mean, there. I, I so could not subsist on eating You have to see the other one because they're all. Some of them are very aggressively like, <laughs> not not subtle ma- like that. Ma- ma- uh, um, <laughs> but they all have the same America testosterone. America. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to say, having done some work, not like this exact topic, <clears> but <throat> like this before from my side, like I am so sorry for the editors and producers who had to make this because. <laughs> You know they were hating every second of it. What's interesting is the a lot of the commercials use a lot of the same like stock footage of like the pudgy guy sitting on the weight bench and like the old thin man sweating aggressively and like pressing <laughs> forward. The thing I honed in on oh, there's the whole like this will boost your testosterone so you're not like these sad girly boys. Exactly. No, it's, know, it's it's that's what feminization of the large. Well, and ineffectual, uh, not masculine, therefore yeah. bad. Uh, and bad for the country. Bad for the country. The Absolutely. Oh That's why God. America's going down the drain. There's not enough testosterone. Not long ago, being a guy over 40 meant more couch time, a growing gut, less drive. But times have changed, thanks in part to a formula that's redefining what it means to be a man. Test X180 Ignite, the breakout (laughs) supplement taking GNC by storm. Scientifically engineered to increase free testosterone and incinerate body (laughs) Your workouts become more productive, delivering lean muscle that'll make women want you. Unleash your potential by going to tryignite.com for a complimentary bottle of the free testosterone booster that helps sculpt lean muscle. They just did a fist bump. Improved performance. It's not about getting life back to the way it was. It's about making it better than it's ever been. Test X180 Ignite samples are not available in stores. You can only get your complimentary bottle by going to tryignite.com and entering the promo code below. That's tryignite.com. Tryignite.com. Dot com. And so here's what I think is interesting about this. On the female side, you have diets to be longer, leaner, more feminine, more beautiful. But this is what diet ads look like for the masculine experience of being fat. Yeah. It's about being 
hypertestosterone. It's about being tough. It's about representing your country. And it's a, it's, and I, but I, but, but see what's weird for us is it's because we don't really like, if we see a, a, a commercial for feminine diets, like we don't really respond cause it's, it's, it's not, not for us. us. It's not for us, but this is, this is meant for us supposedly. And I think it's an interesting comparison of like, this is, I, I wonder if this is what women feel like when they look at diet ads targeting them. I feel like the, the female targeted ad, uh, diet ads that I see always emphasize happiness if you go through this journey, you will be happy. Well, but happy with your body because of, of course you're not. Well, that's the implication, but they, that's not what they're pitching. They're pitching like you're unhappy because you're fat. Come this way, you will just have the world of happiness mm-hmm. in every way. That, that's what their commercials spell out for you visually. This says, if you take this pill, we will turn your life into a first-person action shooter. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be blowing up planes within the week. And just I, I just and take your toxic masculinity pills to <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have one last one. This is a flame-grilled all-American burger smothered with cheese, bacon, and special sauce. Looks good, doesn't it? And this is what happens when you take your daily dose of Force Factors 10. What? What? Yeah, it's... Whoa is right. And now... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're... Like, whoa, whoa. Oh, my God. Six, nine, six, it's... Nine, six, nine. Oh. Test X1. Oh, I get it. One fat-burning testosterone. Do you? And I don't. Like, I bet you like that burger, fatty. Actually, you should take your toxic... No, 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 no. It's not... It's actually the opposite. Build lean muscle in the gym. I Can I stop this? Yeah. It's no, it's, it's the same commercial after a certain point. So explain. So what I think that is is that in the same way that you saw the visuals for real men are welders, real men don't take baths, real men uh, uh, are in the gym, this is saying real men eat real hamburgers. It's an association of masculinity. I don't, I mean, but it's sure, so, but it's so, it goes like, okay, okay this and, is real, remember, remember real men don't diet either. That's a girly thing. That's true. Know, There's no mention of diet in any of these ads. But what's so weird to me is, so it's the burger, and then it's like, and then when you take when you take the red pill, is that what the the, no, the, the, it, the yeah the association is? You see, it looks good, doesn't it? it? Looks real good this burger. You know what else looks good? The results after you take our pill. They're tying them together. They're not construing them as opposites. I don't. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, remember, remember, real market. real men don't diet. That's what's implicit in this. Real men go out and shoot things and kill things and hunt them down. See, I feel, I feel like there's one more ad in this progression that we're missing, where it's like, it's just an extreme close-up on a pair of enormous breasts. Then immediately it cuts to the hand holding two pills really <laughs> close together, looking kind of juicy. and Like a, an eagle screaming. I dropped my phone. I'm sorry. <laughs> an Wait. eagle screaming, and then World War II footage, and literally an old man sweating, Screaming. <laughs> I've never seen a diet ad that has the American flag flying quite so much. Like make men great again. Make American men great again. Oh it's, God. It's, well, no, it's, it's making men great again is making America great again. Making American great again well, is making, but that's what I mean. Was, they're literally playing on a presidential campaign slogan. Like it is about yeah, America. I mean, too many like, men bathing is destroying this country. Apparently it's all the bubble baths. It's yeah. Anyway, uh, Toxic masculinity pills. Yay. Yay. Actually, and so actually Dan, because I was like, what are these pills? Oh, Dan yeah. looked into the science behind it. Yeah, it's it's actually not terrible. Like if you actually go back into the science and the studies, they're not, I mean, I only looked at it for one product. I don't know if it's the same formulation for all of them. But yeah, there are substances that do this in clinical trials and blah, blah, blah. So it's not just, you know, snake oil. 
However, the way it's sold is what's so offensive to me. Well, <laughs> like it's and not, should be to everyone. I, well, and I would also point out that you could be selling this on the basis of science, that you will increase certain hormones if you take blah, blah, blah. Real men don't like science. No, real men don't like science, right? Real men blow it up. Well, and also, like, real men don't want to take fenugreek. They want to take, like, alpha-boosting formula. X factor. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. No, but the ingredient. Oh, what were the, the ingredients fenugreek. for, like... Fenugreek is one of them, yeah. No, but they they make up ingredients for the... The proprietary blend of aminoplex, of <laughs> testosterone gnome. No, of, <laughs> I really want testosterone just, gnomes. Just picturing <laughs> some poor gnome being lured into a Cuisinart, like, no, you're going to our pills. There's... <laughs> There's 400 milligrams of manliness ignition matrix. There you go. And 400 milligrams of the fat incineration complex. Because incinerate and matrix <laughs> tested really well in studies. I, I think this episode should be a fat incineration complex. <laughs> Done deal. That has oh, to that, be that a could be a problem for the brand. <laughs> uh, so I think that's our episode. I don't know how else to respond to those commercials. That, that was... Disturbing, oh, hell yeah, hell yeah, a high degree. <laughs> I just want to know because, like, so, so we're watching it through either Hulu or uh, previously PlayStation View, which like is pretty good about targeting, you know, the the ads because they can. You're both men, Trevor. I like, mean, that's, that's probably it. That's, <laughs> but it's just I, no. I can totally see the marketers for this product never considering that some men are gay or don't have these values. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> or at least that those men maybe don't shop at Walmart since they're so oh, yeah, excited about all, their Walmart. Or we're just too far gone to help, Don. Oh, they were all that sold at Walmart. We're all That's lost true. in our bubble baths. I just didn't know I was destroying America when I ate a burger. No, the burger no, the is helping America. Uh, burger helping America. It's when you eat the tofu burger, you're destroying America. So I'm yeah. going to go save America at Burger King. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to destroy America by taking a bubble bath. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm just gonna go take a nap. Yeah, <laughs> I feel uh, sad. <laughs> anyway, um, that's it. Yay! Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Big Fat Gay Pod. Uh, all of the stuff we talked about today will be on www.bigfatgaypod.com, and we're on Facebook still as uh, <laughs> Big Fat Gay Podcast. Now we get a, a lot of you like our stuff on Facebook. Thank you. They do. I, yeah, I find Facebook uh, strenuous, <laughs> but thank you for fighting the good fight and liking our posts on Facebook um, and making Facebook Facebook again. Again, <laughs> uh, if you're listening in the car. There's someone behind you who's reviewing our show. Yes, on <laughs> five stars on Apple Podcasts. Thank you all for the lovely reviews. Look out. <laughs> <laughs>